defining round of fixtures from this Premier League season as Manchester United hold seven and sink at Anfield, which we are going to dive into. Arsenal come back from the brink against Bournemouth, an unexpected one. Manchester City continue their form and Moisey's in trouble on the south coast. All that and the rest of the games on today's pod. As always, I'm joined by Jack, who's just come back from a little continental trip in France. Jack, how are you doing? I'm good, mate. I'm buzzing. <laughs> I'm I'm not refreshed, but I am enthused. 7-0! I'm going to say that a lot during this podcast. I'm just going to shout that at random. Oh, it's like fucking game of football. Earphone warnings, because that absolutely blew my ears out. <laughs> <laughs> Wake room. up, listener. I apologise, but... <laughs> it was large. It was a large weekend. Um... But yeah, I had a little continental break in Paris. I actually watched the Liverpool game um, in the car um, on someone's phone. Wow. Carol Pluse. Wow. It was absolutely amazing. But it was like every dip in the road, there's little like cuts in the signal. And that was very tense. But luckily, I managed to see all the goals. And there were a lot of goals. So I wasn't too unhappy with a little bit of interference. I have to say, you're a brave Liverpool fan going away on the weekend when Manchester City roll up to Anfield. But... Mate, maybe maybe you're the bad luck charm, to be honest, because when you're out of the country, you seem to do really well. It's really weird. It's very true. Last time I watched a live game, went to the pub, conceded five goals. <laughs> so. And missed, missed the two that your team scored. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's, literally. It's a crazy fixture, isn't it? And it's only right that we start with it. So let's just go into it. I mean, I don't really know where to start. Let's start in the first half, because it was, it was tight up until Gakpo fired it in. It was... I dare say Manchester United had the better, the better half, really. They may have shaded it, yeah. They yeah. may have shaded it, but they didn't take their chances. That's the key. They came with a game plan to counter attack, to be compact. It was pretty good. It was pretty very even. narrow. I was relatively they? happy with the first half as a nil-nil, because going into it, I think every Liverpool fan was a little bit concerned. About Massively, the way that this might pan out. Yeah, I'd say Man United are sort of in that sort of top three or four form teams at the moment like teams you just don't want to play you know like Barcelona are in good form Napoli are in good form Arsenal are in good form and United are in good form mm. but then they conceded a goal mate a week's a long time and in football a week's a long time in football and you know I don't want to point out the seven again but seven days have elapsed since they lifted that Carabao Cup <laughs> and now they hold seven at Anfield so maybe it was written who knows I think I think there was a lot of fatigue with them if I'm going to be generous before we absolutely demolish them um, <laughs> there might have been some fatigue they have played a lot of games recently and they left a lot on the pitch in terms of yes I agree just overcoming Barcelona and then also winning you know the cup final I think and they had a lot the... of energy was expended in those games and a lot of like focus so maybe that's something they also had the West Ham um, fixture midweek as well which we should probably point out so they have been I think for February they were playing pretty much every three days for about three weeks, which which they've done pretty well up until obviously Sunday, where they got absolutely slapped in that second half. And you know we're just going to try and keep it breezy, but let's just jump into that. Let's jump into Gakpo's goal because that was a really good goal. Mate, I feel like that's Gakpo's arrival. The, that one. This this was it. This was this was his arrival, man. This is like the real the real guy now. Because he was playing a bit shit, but everyone was playing shit, so you couldn't really judge him. But yeah, that first goal was actually wicked. Mm. Like he's made Varane look like an amateur, which is very hard to do. But he's he's good actually. I found his finish very just very strange. Oh, it was just so really, satisfying. really hard and really accurate. 
and De Gea didn't even move and De Gea is like an excellent shot stopper so nah, you're not stopping that you're not stopping that I don't think any keeper could stop um, that to be honest with you if his first goal was good though his general play was excellent but the second goal the second goal was special like there's the, he's got no right to dink De Gea from a tight angle like that that's what whoa, whoa, that's whoa, whoa, so don't rush don't talking rush about, talking about, whoa, 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 talking about whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, I wanted to talk about oh, Gappo's goal because there was a, obviously the most memeable so moment good. of that goal was Martinez just running in a different direction to Salah on that right wing which was hilarious I don't know if you saw that bit turned oh, him inside then outside then inside again <laughs> Martinez head gone he was in, going completely opposite oh. direction sent him to the shops so Hold butcher. that, Man United fans. The Butcher. The butcher. <laughs> He's chasing a bone, <laughs> wasn't he? Chasing a bloody bone, the Butcher. Yeah, yeah got goodness me. The Butcher, mate. He, he, he had a bad day, and I really enjoyed it, I have to say, because honestly, is there anything more enjoyable than a pantomime villain just just being bullied like that? Just being humiliated. And mm. Man United fans, I'm going to be honest, you were getting a bit you were getting a bit too a bit too confident. Getting you were getting loud, a bit too unbearable. There's a lot of Lissandro Martinez as the best defender in the league and you love to see it, don't you? You just love to see it. And there was no bigger Man United fan winding me up than Uncle BK, who occasionally makes an appearance on these podcasts. A couple of um a couple oh, of weeks ago. Whoa, 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 whoa. Is he a United fan? I apologise, I'm quite... Yeah! What? No idea. I didn't know that. Obviously, he's a massive troll, so that's a dead giveaway. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, he yeah. supported Arsenal. He sent me a message... No, he's, he's, he sports Man United. He sent me a message after the Real Madrid game, and it was uh, it was very unnecessary. A lot of loser pull this, Jürgen flop that. <laughs> um, and then, <laughs> after the Carabao, he wrote, sunny times are ahead for Man United. And... <laughs> I, I, yeah, that did not age very well. I have to say, Uncle, and that really cracked me up. You know, like just this, just this cockiness, this arrogance of winning. What I is mean, shit up until be. now, they do have a right to be cocky. They they're the informed team of Europe. Just a week ago, just a week ago, three good months is not anything to shout about. Well, this season. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. But it's funny, isn't it? Going into this game. It felt like it was United's to lose. You felt like United coming in as a form team against a transitional Liverpool team, to put it politely. And you felt like United were finally going to get a result against Liverpool. And I think that's what makes it all the more shocking that they've they've had seven put past them. Because no one really saw that coming at all. No. Would you like some nice stats? I'd love some. In the last ten games at Anfield between Man United and Liverpool, do you know how many goals have been scored? Like something ridiculous like 29 to 2 or something isn't it it's now 36 to 2 <laughs> yeah fucking <laughs> hell that's what I mean it's like it shouldn't be surprising this result and yet I'm still there just every time just like goal after goal you're just thinking how is this possible you know and the thing is Liverpool didn't sit on their sit on their laurels at 3-0 4-0 no they just kept pushing they just kept pushing yeah and it does reflect badly that Man United it seems like they just gave up after the third they just literally mentioned. Oh, they did. Yeah, I know, but guys, like. They absolutely capitulated. I mean, Marcus Rashford's been pointing to his head after the season. How are you going to give up after three goals at Anfield? It's ridiculous, isn't it? Like, I, I was a bit disappointed that no one did the Rashford celebration. Nuno right did. In front of Ten Hag as well. 
Oh, yeah, it is. But Nunes is a troll. But they they should have they should have made more of it. They should have they should have proper gone. Nah, for it, I don't need to. You know? don't need to. You know? I reckon they would have done it had Rashford, Rashford scored first, like he did at, at the Emirates. <laughs> then they would have probably bit him back. But there's no need to mock him. Like seven nil says it all, really. And he was anonymous. You know, we we spoke. Well, people talking about him coming up against Trent. You know, was there a danger for Trent? No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. He was anonymous, Rashford. Yeah, Trent actually had a pretty good game overall. I mean, every single Liverpool player got a 10 out of 10 and every Man United player was a 1 out of 10. It was just a very weird game. Mm-hmm. This was like Liverpool peaked 2018, like best team in the world, just destroying teams and just being relentless. It does feel like this was a perfect storm. I don't I don't really know what happened, if I'm honest. I'm kind of shocked by the whole thing, but... Oh, so many good mate. goals. I mean, the, the Gapo one with Salah on the wing and then your little dink from the angle is probably the best one. So good. But there were so many yeah. good goals, really. Yeah, I was a big fan of Nunez's second goal as well, like the header, the kind of backwards glancing header. Two-headed goals, mate. Nunez brings aerial threat that we don't, he does. We haven't really had. Mane used to bring some aerial threat, aerial threat. But yeah, that is something that he brings. And mate, another great performance from the big man, the Lord of Chaos. Fourteen goals now in all comps. A couple of assists. He's no joke. It's not been as bad as it looked. And to be honest, post his World Cup, he he really hasn't done that much wrong. You know, he's just been carrying that, that reputation from from pre-World Cup, which is more and more looking like he was just kind of over-eager to please on his arrival at Liverpool. So, yeah, we're seeing, we, we might be seeing the new front three for Liverpool with Gak Perns in the middle, Salah on the right, and who knows on the left with Luis Diaz somewhere in the mix as well when he comes back. So it is exciting. The question is for mm. Liverpool now is, can they continue that level of performance, you know, to Brentford away or Fulham at home? You know, like... I feel like they got that result because it was United and because they had a point to prove. Um, it's just be interesting yeah. to see if, if this can be the you know the result that kickstarts Liverpool performance or if they carry on going a little bit inconsistent, which is what they have been up until now. But they you know in recent weeks yeah. minus Madrid, you say that domestic wise anyway they've been pretty good Liverpool and definitely one one to watch. Been a lot better. We've tightened up. There's five clean sheets in a row now, which sounds insane as a stat considering how terrible we were at conceding the first goal pretty much the entire season so there are signs of life there's genuine signs of optimism and it was just a beautiful weekend because obviously we've destroyed Man United and then the two clubs above us other than Man United who are within reach Newcastle and Spurs both lost as well and so suddenly Liverpool sitting in fifth three points behind four I told you I said Liverpool was sneaking to fourth. Right. I was right, and you know, Canate was back yesterday, and he made a massive difference next to VVD. Um, he's got to be the first choice centre back if he can stay fit from this point on. Um, we may have just we may have just underplayed what it's like playing the whole season without a like settled, strong starting eleven. It's been constant change, constant injuries, and this was kind of the first time where we had most of the first team all playing, bar like Diaz and maybe Thiago. And it does seem to make a big difference. So it might just be that. Oh, I mean, how many teams can survive play, without yeah. six first teamers? You know, of course, for most of the season. Of course, no. Has so to be. has to it, be. It might all just be salvageable right at the right time. You know. Oh, don't get don't get too ahead of yourself, mate. Don't get too ahead of yourself because you're going to set yourself up to fail if you say stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's true. The last the last time we had a massive result was against Rangers, and then we proceeded to be terrible in the following months. So yeah, you never know, but. We've got something to chase now. I think that's the difference. A big Man United does feel particularly good. I do worry that Real Madrid will crush all the momentum, um, you know, shortly. I mean, but the best you can hope for against them is a good performance. 
I don't think you can sit there. All I'm saying is, one goal, one early goal from Liverpool, mate, and it's going to be heaving, mate. There's going to be a lot, a lot of optimism. I mean, a lot of misplaced optimism, potentially, <sighs> but you know what I mean? Real Madrid have been pretty <laughs> rubbish this year. Truth be told, they're sitting second in La Liga. They're, they're dropping points, especially in 2023. So when they went into that first leg, I mean, we're, we're, we're meandering, but when they went into that first leg result, I really thought Liverpool could do something and 2-0 up and then bloody hell, Real Madrid happened. So, unfortunately, they are the clutch team and they're probably going to lift it again this year. It's just... It's just it's they just, are. They are that team when it comes to Champions League. They're a different beast than Champions <laughs> They are a different beast. Like, like, I, don't, I don't get it. It's just like... I don't know what they are the equivalent of. They just enjoy coming to like, England, don't they? They just love a little two-legger in England. We... Spank all of us, don't we? We can't beat Real Madrid either. Like, our record against them is appalling. Mm. I think we haven't... I think we scored one goal in five five games against them before. They've just got Last your number. Ancelotti's spoken about it before, hasn't he? He said he's, he, 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 he he thinks he knows how Liverpool play. He thinks he's got it figured out. And yeah, truth be told. But anyway, does too. we need to move on to United because I want to speak about Bruno Fernandes. A lot of controversy on Bruno Fernandes. And I'll talk about the flashpoints. Well, the main one that I didn't actually see live. So it'd be interesting to get your thoughts on this is, did he or did he not ask to be subbed off? It's, it's very speculative mm. he looked upset and he did gesture to the bench but it could be for anything yeah okay okay because my housemate Josh was adamant that he did the whole you know the finger rotating around each other which is a he universal might... sign for take me off yeah it look I'll be honest the whole the whole nar- narrative around him suggests that he didn't want to be there there was a lot of tantrums a lot of stropping some there really was. wonderful dives and theatrics Generally, yeah. the antithesis of what a good captain in the Premier League should be, mm. as we all get our proper football. We know he's uh, a bit whingy. We know he's on. a bit whiny. But are, should there be? Not are, will there be? But should there be ramifications? In the same way that Ten Hag dealt with Maguire after Brentford, the same way that he dealt with Ronaldo, is this something that he should worry about? Is the armband maybe you, around the wrong person? Are you suggesting that... Ten Hag should get rid of a whingy Portuguese star oh, player. No, better good of the team. You can't get you get <laughs> mad, lightning doesn't strike twice. Unfortunately, you can't get rid of Fernandes. But I don't know if he's captain material. Like, I was looking at him, and if I'm a younger player and they're already you know five 0 down Anfield, the last thing I need is my captain lashing out and then giving up because he didn't get the foul or the ball. Do you know what I mean? Like this is not what you want emanating from your captain at the end of the day, and part of it may be fed through to the team. I'd agree with that. I think that result doesn't happen if you have Roy Keane or someone like that on the pitch. No. Um, no. Roy Keane probably doesn't end the game on the pitch, admittedly. No, um, no, no. Absolutely. You know, it's a, it's a it's a horrible 3-0 loss and we move rather than, a, you know, record equaling, humbling. This is their biggest defeat ever, by the way. This is truly, like, astronomically bad. But yeah, you feel like there's, there's very few genuine candidates to be the captain. David Hay is not He's not really captain material, even though he should no. be the captain. And you don't really want a goalkeeper as captain. I'm personally not a fan of it. Casemiro is a choice, but he's pretty new. Casemiro of Varane, so, isn't it? It's the people... Like I saw Varane at the end. He demanded that all the players go you know, acknowledge the away fans, which yeah. is definitely captain material. It's a very low bar to be a captain, to be honest, in this day and age. But at least respect your fans who come out to see you put on that abysmal performance. So it'll be interesting. Mm. The next game for both Liverpool and Manchester United now is really interesting. And it's the kind of result really shakes things up you know suddenly Man United are being dragged into a top four race rather than the title race that they've been harping on about and Liverpool are right back there you know they've wiped out the goal difference so it's, it's going to be really interesting 
It's going to be really interesting. Super interesting. It does set it up really nicely because yeah, if Man United lose another game and Liverpool win another game, then it's like suddenly that chase is on too, as well. And it does remind me of that COVID season where we were absolute shit and somehow we finished third um, on the last day, despite being absolute garbage all season. That is something to motivate us. That even though we've been absolute garbage, we can still salvage this season and qualify again. Oh, I think you will. That's why. That's why I said it at the halfway point because I have bull knowledge. Now, <laughs> Arsenal three, <laughs> AFC Bournemouth two. Wow, 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 wow! I'm, wow. Wow. I'm sorry. We going to do a whole half on Liverpool. I would have loved to, but I did actually say to Jack, talk about Salah, the record breaker, uh, Robertson mate. having more assists than Mesut. Mate, we're already Firmino halfway through the first half, and we've got nine games to go through. So, what do you want me to do? <laughs> I think we should cancel. I think we should, cancel <laughs> we should just cancel some games and just go back. All right, well, let's, let's just cancel Hugh. Let's just do it I'm, I'm going to boot Hugh out the meeting right now. Let's... <laughs> Look, Jack's going to do a little Liverpool 7 feature straight after. It's just going to be straight up monologue. He's just going to rant. But for the time being, he's got to share the spotlight because this wasn't the only good fixture this weekend that might have potential ramifications come the end of the season. So I won't repeat it again. But Arsenal win by the skin of their teeth at the Emirates against maybe one of the worst teams in the league really unexpected too in a completely different way and yeah to say that this game was stressful would be an understatement for Arsenal fans but reflecting now a couple of days late I'm glad that I've had a couple of days to reflect on it this really could be massive but my concern not to pour cold water on it is we've had a lot of these kind of emotionally draining wins you think of United you think of Aston Villa recently you think mm-hmm. of now Bournemouth like we can't be doing this for another 13 games and this should have been a routine walkover and it's a bit of a concern we've shipped a lot of goals recently and just concede in 9 seconds it's so bad <laughs> it's so bad so yeah, yeah oh, what, what I will say in your defence is that I believe it's Bournemouth they do have a bit of a knack for this kind of thing mm. they've done a few kickoff routines that have been incorporated into wider football like PSG incorporated it where because teams are not always prepared at the start you can actually shock an opponent and that's obviously what's happened here Arsenal Arsenal were definitely like going into this game thinking it was already won let's be real they made they made some rotations and they don't rotate and that says it all they rotated some of the starters they're at home to probably the worst team in the league and you you got what you deserved because this had like banana skin football manager you're like oh yeah bottom team easy wrestling players 100% 100% especially after the Everton win 4-0 you know similar opponent mm-hmm. you're thinking right this complacency crept in I think well absolutely that's why it was such a concern and you know we were the better team over 90 minutes there's absolutely no debate in that but they just took their chances and you know we were first half we were struggling we were struggling first half we had chances I think Odegaard's had the best chance of the half and then Saka loads, Saka followed up loads of clear cut chances we had a lot yeah, of possession Saka had a good one a lot of possession yeah. in, the, in the final third but yeah not just, quite the penetration no no and this is what I mean it's like there's a lot of pressure on these young lads who haven't been in the situation before and you know every game is a final for them because we, we simply can't afford to drop points to anyone at this point um, but really can't afford to drop points against Bournemouth so fair, credit to Bournemouth they really did deserve to take a point out of this one um, 100% sometimes it just goes I against that's you that's how it goes mate Bournemouth mate they've just been unlucky all season um, and that will probably be the reason they go down but it's because 
they're just a little underprepared. It's not because they're particularly bad, they're actually pretty good. I think in other seasons they'd be comfortably like 14th and we'd be praising them as a very good promoted team. But yeah, it's just it's very competitive. Very season. competitive at the bottom. There's no shame to losing to Arsenal at the Emirates. Many teams have done it this season, as you well know. Um, <laughs> but, you know, 2-0 down, great great corner. And again, you know, conceding from corner when we hadn't done that up until, I think, United. And now we just seem to be quite... You know, quite susceptible to a to a set piece routine. So, yeah, some alarm bells, but it's to be forgiven at the end of the day. Um, but let's not take away from these, the fight yeah. back, right? The fight back from these. The these are team. just about results now. These are about grinding out results. I remember when Liverpool were like chasing the title, and we got like two goals in the last five minutes against Villa, and they were both just so rubbish. And it's just like it's just about it's just about goals now. It's just about points. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it's irrelevant how you get it. This could have been a one nil. Same scoreline, really. Same yeah. jeopardy. Yeah. Obviously, it's way better for the neutral, but like, it's just irrelevant now. Each game is its own thing. As long as you win, in the end, that's the main thing. Oh, mate, it's a results business. But I think... I don't know. I've never seen the Emirates like it. And I wasn't there, so I can't truly tell you how it was. <laughs> but, mate, it's rocking. I remember when they used to call it the Highbury Library. Do you know what I mean? Like, this has been a... A tag that we've That's had. A really good name, by the way. That's a great name. It's quite stuck. Um, I dare say we've probably got one of the best home atmospheres in the league at the moment. You know, I was I was watching Chelsea and Stamford Bridge. Do. They're just like, all you hear are the away fans. It's crazy. I think Arsenal up there, and you know, the, Arteta's done a great job because it feels organic the way that he's built the link between supporters, team, club, ethos. It's actually highly calculated what we've, what we've done as a club since Arteta's come he's in he's a very very smart manager in terms of the way that he's changed a lot of things um, he's created a link between like the players and the fans some of it's a bit cringe but the documentary just added to that it is cringe like, song, but you still buy you it know, you still he's, buy he's it he's curated his own bloody song like who the hell I've never heard a manager curate their own anthem and make that a thing that's totally <laughs> unique to him and like it's actually a sick song now and you play it before every game everyone gets a bit excited boom create some atmosphere get everyone in the mood what I will say is the reason it's buzzing is because Arsenal haven't been here for so long like winning matches at the top of the league that mean everything and winning them in such like ridiculous ways like this is you know like the cliches of like oh it's a European night Anfield anything's possible because we've done all those things in those competitions so we like draw on that and that's what Arsenal are doing now they're creating these like things that they can draw on in the future because Arsenal didn't look like they were they weren't going to change how they were going to play. They just kept doing the same things and it worked. So every time it works, just validates what they're doing and they'll just carry on. Just being awesome. Well, I mean, we play a very distinct brand of football now under Arteta. And we play it so well. But I think the real thing and why it's so enjoyable is like the squad is such a likeable squad. You know, I look at all of that team. It's such a nice team. Like Any team with Bakaya Saka in it, you're going you're gonna to kind of veer towards he's just such a likeable dude and then you've got Odegaard as well and honestly love them boys when that Reese Nelson Reese Nelson of all people as well in the 97th minute what a finish by the way oh my goodness you said it doesn't yeah. matter how it goes in but goodness me this was a good one <laughs> this was a good one Mate, final kick in the game left foot is weaker foot just charged it up oh my goodness the release when that went in was this, just this will be this is on the highlights reel this is one of the best moments of the season when you look back on that trophy well, parade, it could be. Nelson, yeah. front of centre, because could be. 
if you do the maths, these three comebacks in the 90th minute, all of these winners against United, Villa and Bournemouth, mm. that's six points you've gained. You've got a five-point mm-hmm. lead on City. It's a difference between first and second. Very different feeling if you're one point behind City than five points ahead. Oh, that's it would have been these, all two these goals points are. dropped. It's crazy. And that's the mental like, how side. how important they are. That's it. You know, it would have been two points dropped to Bournemouth, two points closer to City, and suddenly you're getting a bit nervy. But this just reinforces, like, you've just got to trust the process and keep believing. Um, now, a bit of conspiracy theory for you. Some say oh, that yeah. Arteta was manipulating the officials. There's a great <laughs> meme of him putting seven, seven fingers up to the officials. And it seems like their six minutes ran into what was very close to eight minutes on the clock by the time... Uh, the whistle went what are your thoughts on that because there's always been a little bit of controversy around Arsenal getting some generous refereeing this season and it did seem like you got a little bit extra time on top of the extra time well I'm going to shut that down straight away (laughs) 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 because in the 90th minute Bournemouth defender went down for a minute didn't he so you know that's where the extra minute came from but if you want to talk conspiracies yeah Bournemouth's goal at kickoff one of their players was in a half before the ball had been kicked so it should have been ruled out right mm. right technically no, by the laws of the game and we're also ignoring the four different penalty calls during the game which just weren't given like inexplicably <laughs> um, I felt like the, yeah the officials were trying to do everything to stop us to win to be honest that's how it felt and now they're FA are charging us for over celebrating as well but they're not charging Fernandez <gasps> for pushing the linesman because this is Arsenal what do you mean yeah, what? yeah. The referee reported us for over celebrating. Yeah, so the FA investigating. It's fine. We'll That's take so it. funny. You've got, you got criticised for that so many times, but for I know, no reason. I know. For having I a know. bit of passion. I mean, it's we'll take it. Like, what are they going to do? Slap us with a forty k fine? Like, okay, <laughs> we'll take the goal. It's fine. Yeah. It's just funny, isn't it? So I can understand. So I can understand why why rival fans would say that. But when the ball went out for a corner, it was like ninety five fifty five on the clock. And when the ball went in, it was like a minute later. So if the referee was being really harsh, he could have called it and there couldn't have been that many complaints. But generally speaking, they let the corner play and let that final phase play out before actually blowing the whistle, don't they? So mm-hmm. not too, it shouldn't be too many complaints. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, Neto was time-wasting from like the 51st minute or maybe even in the first half. So, yeah. Know. I did enjoy Neto just smacking Ben White in the back of the head. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, you know what? If anyone deserves it, it's Ben White. But then Ben White obviously goes and gets his first goal for the club, which absolutely love Benny Blanco, as you know. So, And he gave it the yeah. big end. Did you see him just screaming in his face when they scored the winner? <laughs> it was brilliant. Yeah, for someone who doesn't like football, he seemed like he was really enjoying <laughs> it. I read a great article today <laughs> about him. He said, yeah, he's reinforcing the fact he doesn't like football outside of playing it. And he's like, yeah, if I, if, if I wasn't a footballer, I think I'd be a gardener. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck? Imagine how good he be if he cared about oh, football, bro. Oh, it's crazy. So funny. But I absolutely love that. him. And also, how many people are so triggered by that that he's like, he's not even interested in he it? He doesn't give a shit, though. I love that blase. This is it's not a word, but I love how blase he is about about it. You know, like it's not 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 everyone has to be fist pumping to be you know a decent player. And I don't think anyone can argue he's been one of the better right backs in the league because there hasn't been that many outstanding right backs apart from Kieran Trippier to be honest with you facts facts so those are facts yeah so amazing result you know I'm conscious of time I, I could say a lot more about this yeah. but we're going to move on that's how I feel too massive gonna say, massive result Reese Nelson the new Divock Origi there's always one Divock Origi every year and it's Reese Nelson now I hope he gets a new contract he's out of contract at the end of the season and he seems like a brilliant squad player 
I mean, as you rightly point out, his stats like was it three goals and two assists in like three games or something? In about yeah, in about ten minutes as well, realistically. Yeah, literally. He's got way more goal involved, goal, goal and assist than Anthony Son, Anthony Gordon, Tate Pick, mate. Literally any of them, mate. To be able to bring him on, you know, it's just it's incredible. You know, post January, we've got a really good squad depth, and we've been quite lucky. You know, with injuries, where Liverpool and Chelsea have been, been crippled by them. We lost Gabby Jesus, we lost Partey for a little period, but we haven't lost them all at the same time. And players have stepped up. It's just been, it's just worked so far, but it's a long season, massive fair games to go. But I feel like Gary Neville needs to eat some humble pie and finally admit that Arsenal are in our entire race here. Uh, just, oh, Gary Neville! Gary Neville's got so some. Salty, he's got some apologises to do across he's the so board. So salty, bro, isn't he? Imagine losing seven 0 and saying they didn't play that well. <laughs> just can't handle it. <laughs> He can't handle it. Graham Sunez yeah, yeah. had him on toast, which is very rare for Graham to have anyone on toast. That's that so studio. funny because Graham Sunez was being an idiot. Let's be honest, but he wasn't though, wasn't it? He, he was just giving it the biggin. He was just giving it the biggin, as you would seven 0 He was just giving it the biggin. Yeah, uh, seven 0 like, You think them boys so wouldn't have done it if it was the other way around? You should have seen. You should have seen Roy Keane and Gary Neville smirking when Sunez said before oh, I the saw game. It. You know, oh, like, I saw it. He thought Liverpool were going to win quite comfortably. You know, it's just so smug. At least Roy Keane had the good grace just to sit there with a smirk in his face when it was all kicking off because he knew he had nothing to say. Do you know what I mean? He knew. Yeah. There was nothing for him that he could add. That's what I mean. Come on. Don't defend a 7 Couple good months. Embarrassing. Embarrassing. Anyway, Manchester City 2, Newcastle United 0. Newcastle, what happened to you? What happened to you, bro? Uh, falling off, in there. Used, used, used to score goals. Honestly, they were, they were evenly matched, I thought, overall. Newcastle has quite a lot of good chances. But when you look at Wilson, Gordon, Almiron... The new Almiron, aka the old Almiron, mm. St. Maximan, Drellington. There's no goals there anymore. No. Now that Almiron's stopped being the best player in the world, there's actually no goals there. It's funny and as well that you mentioned Almiron because he did sign in a bumper contract a couple of weeks ago, didn't he? Oh, did he? Yeah. I didn't know that. So the drop off. Uh, the inevitable, I've got my money. Thanks for that. Honestly, See next you time fans you know, get upset about players not signing contracts, maybe just like remember that as soon as they sign in mid season, they stop playing well. I've seen it in Theo Walcott yeah. I've seen it with Aubameyang I've seen it in Virgil it happens bro it happened with Sanchez when he went to United as well suddenly he's on 350k a week he's like oh shit <laughs> I can yeah. can just do nothing anyway it's disappointing for Newcastle but even before the League Cup final they were falling off in terms of goal scored and attacking output and Anthony Gordon really Mate. didn't fix that in January Mate if you need goals Anthony Gordon is it's just a really dumb signing signing someone who doesn't score any goals to fix your goal problem and to play in the same position as uh, St Maximan who's way more fun and mm-hmm. doesn't score goals like come on I mean depth is good at least good, get someone but... who's just clinical yeah but then <sighs> bad transfer you reckon it's bad just transfer. a bad transfer I think yeah it's like quite a lot of money for someone who is I think just very very average like he could be their own academy player and they probably ship him off to the championship in a couple of seasons I mean, they've, they've wanted him in summer and they wanted him again. So let's see how it turns out. He's got out, a stinky but... attitude as well. Yeah, I mean, just... the way he left Everton will rankle a little bit. But yeah, they just. They just need to kind of. They either need to go back to getting clean sheets again because they haven't done that in a couple of games either. Um, uh, that that finely tuned balance of winning one or two nil and now it's the reverse isn't it just losing one or two nil every game. Yeah. yeah, down you to six Down to sixth. We said, you know, is, um, can't keep goes. that kind of thing up for the whole season. And I don't know, they're still going to be there, thereabouts in Europe for sure, but they really do need to start picking up now. And it'd be interesting to see if Eddie Howe can do it with them. 
you know, this would be a real test of his man yeah. management because it's been going pretty swimmingly up until now for him. You say that, but should they should results go against them, they could find themselves in ninth by the end of next weekend, which would be quite something. Yeah, but haven't they got some games in hand? Yeah. Not on the teams below them. Oh, yeah, on Fulham. But Not okay. Brighton, but... Again, they should be there with Fulham and Brighton, who were the two kind of form teams yeah. as well in the league. That's that's really where they should be. When they were in fourth place, third place, you're thinking, bloody hell, they're overachieving right now. And it 100%. scare you where they might be in, like, two seasons' time when they've actually invested a bit. It does feel It does feel good to know that it might take what we thought we might have two more years without them being the PSG of the league mm. that's nice that's like reassuring yeah. as long as we can get our league if we can just get our league this season then just get it in now mate the Gulf States can take one. over after this season it's absolutely <laughs> fine exactly but speaking of Gulf States um, Manchester City yeah. 2-0 could potentially have been a bogey game for them bogey result but yeah handled it well handled it really well times. they're a bit ropey in defence but like Phil Foden is back so, you know, I'm sure everyone's aware he's been talking about the fact that he's been playing with an injury or just playing through the pain for most of the season. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time where he actually is kind of injury-free and pain-free. And, my goodness. Brilliant goal. I really see the difference now. The last few games, he's been noticeably better, noticeably more dangerous and just really clinical. And so, yeah, his goal was really good and... Yeah, I would say he's a shoo-in to start most of the games as City starts to ramp up their like title charge. Yeah, going to be their sort of key wide attacking threat as part of that. I I, I think on form he's their best um, attacker, bar Haaland. Certainly in that sort of winger or inside forward or whatever it is, he seems to be the one that's a little bit ahead of everyone in my book, in my opinion. Mm. I mean, if he is coming back from injury, then that makes a lot of sense because he has been pretty quiet the first half of the season. It, yeah, I mean, it's all coming together for them. They're going to put a run together now. They're just going to put a real run I together. I don't think they will, you know. Like, even in this game, if Newcastle weren't so shit at scoring goals, this could have been a very different game. I just don't think they have it in them. I think they're still quite vulnerable. Who's I think they can win 12 in a row. I think they'll drop some points. They'll, they'll definitely drop points. We're all going to drop points between now and the end of the season. It's just who's going to drop more. And it all comes down to that Etihad race, doesn't it? Against Arsenal. Yeah, if you win that... It's, we it's win that, over. it's game over. If they win that, it's game on. And it's it's advantage yeah. City. So, it may, yeah, may yeah. the best team win. The fact that we're even there trying to compete with City right now, insane. I don't think we've ever competed with City since they've taken over from... No, oh, like that. Well, no, not at all. There was that season... 2010 was when they took over. There was that season where we were in the tight race for a bit, but then Leicester just beamed away from us yeah that was probably the only we've time we've been in the title race for a bit mate. yeah but we, we came second that season <laughs> we started the first game we tired because our name was R yeah, we that, that literally that's it that's us clutching because I, I, I literally don't think there is another yeah. time so yeah may the best team win man. I mean it's hard to talk about City too much and we, we do have a problem yeah, with talking let's... about City but Let's just talk about some fun things because I'm conscious of time with the pod and Newcastle were very conscious of the time in the match, which is why it was so funny watching Newcastle, who are the biggest time wasters at the moment, um, be given a taste of their own medicine by Haaland and Grealish just playing keep the ball in the corner four times in a row right at the end of the match. Like They would just lay the ball off to Haaland, he'd just just hold them off for a bit and then just kick it off them for a corner four times in a row 
they used up a good good two three minutes and oh man Newcastle were fuming yeah well I really enjoyed that, that you know honest. what you know what it made me smile you get what's given to you do you know what I mean like you had that coming Newcastle you did that so bad for the whole season and time wasting is becoming more and more of a problem in the top leagues it is like it's actually noticeable I, now the amount of time wasting that occurs in a game whereas before would, wasn't as bad or wasn't as prevalent do you know what I mean definitely would you be in favour of introducing like a stop a stopwatch like in US sports no I've never been for it but it might it might not be a bad idea to make sure we actually get the games there's an easy solution which is the World Cup technique which was brilliant literally there was no time also, wasting end of every game well, just 10 I, sorry, 11 if, minutes if, if, there's, if there's 15 minutes there's 15 minutes honestly if you watch that tournament back you saw the outrageous stoppage times during the group phases and then by the knockouts people were like oh shit okay well, there's no point time wasting simple eradicated that's a really good point eradicated like so it's a simple fix it, it but did, it did make it very fun thinking that the game was almost over and then having like an entire yeah. another 20% to run and like no one could complain you know like no team was complaining too much because it's like oh well they did warn us it was going to happen but this has never happened to us before so how are we going to deal with it so I would like yeah. to see that implemented I think yeah I think that would improve the product that is a Premier League and I think it worked the World Cup really well so yeah agrees um, a final point before we go for a break Dan Byrne versus Haaland who would you put your money on in a boxing match? Oh, Dan Byrne every day. Amen. From Blythe, isn't he? Big lad, Dan Byrne. Yeah, mate. Yeah. He might have nine fingers, but he'd still have him on toast. Yeah, well, he lost one poking, um, gouging his last person's eye out. His last uh, opponent, you know what I mean? There's a dark story of Dan Byrne's lost yeah. finger, so... Harlan, watch He's yourself, savage. bro. He's like Mike Tyson. He's a savage. You don't fuck about. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a break. We are going straight to the south coast and the end of David Moyes. As I've been telling you listeners, he's a negative man and there's no place for his negativity in the modern game. And a little monologue. Let's think about Brighton. Let's think about West Ham. They're the same club, basically. Arguably, West Ham should be a bigger club than Brighton. They've got more advantages. They've got a free stadium. They've got some excellent players. And you would think that this would be a very competitive, tight game. It's two sort of Europa League contenders. But no, they just got absolutely slapped. And I think a large portion of that comes down to the sort of murmurs that are coming out. That he's negative and they play within themselves. They've done that for ages. All season they've just played within themselves. And I know, I know, oh, oh, he had a good season last season. But that's last season. And if football's taught us anything, every season's different. And if you're not thinking forward and being ruthless, you will get left behind. And West Ham are getting left behind right now. Because everyone across the league, across the league, apart from Sean Dyche, who's the GOAT, because he's the greatest at doing it, everyone else is positive. Nottingham Forest, positive. Steve Cooper, positive. Lopetegui, positive. They all try and play positive football and they get rewarded. And David Moyes doesn't. RIP. That's all. It's looking hard, isn't it? Because you come off a really good result last week, 4-0. And you're thinking, here we go. Here we go. A bit more expansive, David. Love this. Getting the crowd going, and then they've mm-hmm. got fun for. I mean, oh, I 
it's a hard one to quantify, isn't it? Because Brighton are just a really good team, and I do feel like Brighton's tactics, where they just play it through the middle, just worked really well against a really compact West Ham. But it's no excuse. They've got the players. They should be up there, really fighting with Brighton if they had someone with a bit more ambition. I have defended David in previous pods, but you know their Premier League status is getting at risk here. It's, it's at risk. risk. It's at risk, and that's when you know that you have a hard decision coming up as a as an owner of a football club like West Ham. They they can't afford to go down. They just can't. They have too good a squad as well because they've really built on the fact that they've done quite well the previous seasons. So for them to go down now would be would be a travesty for them. So mm. agrees, mate. And I think. If they want to have a chance of survival, I think they need to make a decision soon. They've got the players. You know that they could easily just get three wins on the bounce with a new manager, and that'll be it. They'll be fine. It's just whether they want to do it or not, basically. They're loyal to David, and I, I, I'm still not opposed to that, because David deserves some loyalty for what he's done in previous seasons. But if, if you just run the risk, isn't it? It's, 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 it's like walking a tightrope, you know? End of the day. It'd be interesting to know what the dressing room feeling is, in terms of, are they still backing him? The, the murmurs are that they are underwhelmed by how negative it is they feel like they could be more expensive and like if you look at them they're 16th but they're only two points off being bottom and that is if the, if they slide back into the relegation zone can you see them getting out of it it's, it's, it's very unclear right now well, man, all the I'm teams around them are competitive not just not making any predictions on the bottom <laughs> it's just no of course but like they, they are at risk they're really really at risk and you think they are I don't know I don't know if they're at risk <laughs> of course, I mean, they, of course they, are. they are at risk but I just feel like they've got the quality and the experience to see it through that squad they just, I just think they should have the minerals to get through same with Leicester I truly believe that both those teams have enough minerals to, to go they're, through they're both those matches. teams where they think they're too good to be to take it seriously and to really focus on it that would be my there's always one team that sort of slips and slides down into the mix without really realising like sleepwalks in and I think West Ham and Leicester are at risk of that West Ham's a really interesting job they've got history they've got like a they've got money they've got good players yeah, like they well. look look. if Lopetegui goes to Wolves West Ham could get someone of that calibre easily I think you know so that is but, that is the way mate, to think about it. They're owned by the Dildo Brothers, though, aren't they? They aren't owned. Let's by be them. honest. There's every chance that Graham Potter's out of a job soon. So just hold on, and then get Graham Potter in, and they'll be fine. They'll be where Brighton is in no time. Yeah, so speaking fair of enough. Brighton, yeah, that's, that's probably good. enough. They're so good. Brighton are so good. Aren't they? Brighton are days. just my second favorite team. Like, I think if you don't like Brighton, you don't like football. Like, honestly. Yeah. Especially because their story and how they've come up and how they've done it. They deserve yeah. all the plaudits in the world. In, in, a, in a different universe where Gulf states and oligarchs didn't get involved in football in this country, they'd be pushing for Champions League, in my opinion. 100%. I think without... Their owner is the best owner, maybe... Nah, okay. In this country, at least. In my opinion, he's the best owner because he, he doesn't just bring money. He brings noose. He brings... Oh, he brings so much. He brings so much that isn't just pouring money at stuff and hoping it works. I mean, Todd Bowley, are you listening? Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> Tony Bloom is 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 what Todd Bowley wants to be within football, you know. But he hasn't done it by just that. pinging money. And you know, I've just seen who got the final assist. I don't want to say his name. Buonanota, very highly yeah. rated Argentinian that no one else was in for. Coming in January, next big thing. You just know. You just know. 
you just know that he's going to be the next 60 mil player along with Caicedo who's just signed a new contract so just an excellent win I'm not even going to go into each goal because guys just go watch on YouTube there's no point love. Yeah. I do love that you talked about the next gen because we are seeing the introduction of the next gen um, so yeah this Buonanotte guy 18 Argentinian signed for 5 mil in Jan and then Insisu, the 19 year old Paraguayan signed last summer for 9 mil both came on Insisu hit the crossbar Buonanotte got the assist for Welbeck contentious assist but it doesn't matter got the assist got the number and that's 14 mil they've spent Where, what, who are they going to replace McAllister oh that's interesting another mm-hmm. Argentinian midfielder mm-hmm. Who's going to go for 60 mil in the summer? And probably Matoma, who will probably get let go next summer for a shit ton of cash. So oh, it's incredible. already happened. The process has already happened. Like, no, no, Brighton fans I mean. already know. Their squad planning is, is 10 out of 10. If, 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 if that's the minimum that I can say about Brighton. Like, everyone's already missed the next round of signings. We've got to wait till next year yeah, or the year it's after. It's just how they go about out. it. You know, like, just under the radar. No Faf, no Fabrizio Romano sagas, no David Ornstein with the fucking... Not even any, like... No No fireworks or anything. It's just like, Like, oh, yeah, a little Twitter, we signed this guy, don't worry about it. Yeah, just like, guys, we just just come to agreement for a guy you've never heard of, don't worry, we'll see you in two years. And it's, it's just incredible. And they just keep doing it. And for once, they can keep getting away with it because this is how you run a football club. My only concern really now for Brighton is how long before... Deserby gets poached by Juventus or Chelsea. Chelsea. <laughs> Chelsea. Say <laughs> <laughs> what? Chelsea and Brighton is going to become a low-key derby if it carries on this way. I tell you. Uh, it definitely should already be. I mean, it is in Brighton's way. Um, mm. When they beat Chelsea, mate, they were, they were given it to Graham Potter and it made me laugh a lot. Um, just the last word on Brighton because I'm very conscious of time, but they had four goals in this game scored by four different players, which in itself is just exceptional. Three different assist makers as well, so already just glorious. But the four goal scorers cost eight mil between them. <laughs> Can you actually think about such how crazy that is? It's such like, a business, dude. And the way he like Danny was so good. Yeah, he was free. They such got a, a tune pickup. out of him. Lalana, Tomer, two point seven. Veltman, nine hundred k, still there, chesting it in. McAllister was like six mil, just ten times on that guy. No one's oh, ever heard of him. McAllister's going for 90 mil. And who and could even like, argue? Like, he's so good. He's so good. He's so, so good. good. He embodies how Brighton play. Like, he's direct, he's intelligent, he's, like, fluid in the way he moves around. Like, he's a threat from set pieces, from goals, just everything. He's just a, just an all-round box-to-box midfielder. They're like Atalanta, Brighton, I've decided, because they're very distinctive, they're very clever, and they're just consistently punching above their weight, even though they've got a much smaller budget. You know, You know it's Brighton at this point. They just kind of swarm you with this weird sort of Pep Guardiola style, just, yeah, endless attacking midfielders, basically. They're just brilliant. And you know what, guys? We're going to have to move on. But if you want me and Jack just to give up on the rest of the games and just follow Brian exclusively, let us know. Because I think we could do it. I think we could do it. I think we could do it. I think we I think we would run a hell of a Brighton podcast. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. An Arsenal fan and a Liverpool fan just... Chair in a Brighton pod. Could you imagine? <laughs> Could you imagine? Wow. Yeah, that's how good they are. Anyway, to the anyway. other competitors for the best run club in the UK. Brentford 3, Fulham 2. Nice. Um, yeah, I like this. I feel like this sets this is a very good victory for Brentford and it sets up the table really nicely to find out once and for all who is the best run club because they're all on basically the same points. There's one point between the three of them. 
and it'll be very interesting to find out because I really couldn't tell you right now. Obviously, we love Brighton, but they're just all amazing, really. I'm just going to throw it out there. They're all the best clubs, really. Pound for pound, they are the real goats of, the, of this season, I think. They've because... made it super interesting, these three teams, because they could beat anyone on their day, and they have done. Mm-hmm. So it just adds a bit of extra jeopardy to the what is usually a traditional top six, and now we're looking at like a top nine, where everyone's trading blows and people changing positions and yeah honestly maybe it's because we've started the podcast this season but it does feel like a very interesting season just from top to bottom but maybe we'll get it a bit deeper I don't know probably a bit of both but it does feel like a really good season because I mean to be fair you've got Chelsea going crazy Arsenal top of the league Liverpool just imploding West Ham there is a lot going on Nottingham Forest back like in the Prem and like going from 30 players and a joke to like very solid mid-table club there's a lot of narratives um, one very fun narrative in this game Ivan Tony has missed zero penalties for Brentford 22 out of 22 I believe don't quote me on that some, some, somewhere in there incroyable um, best penalty taker in England definitely and if he's not banned from the Euros he should be there next summer but he might he definitely be banned, will so. be. Yeah. I wonder when those charges because he's admitted to a lot of them so I wonder when so, no. seems like he's he's going to get a six-month ban for this season. feel like if Brentford are smart, they'll time it so at least two or three of those months are the mid-season. Out of football, yeah. yeah. I mean, he'll be a massive loss for them. I mean, everyone's talking Rashford as you know, the best player in the world, but Ivan Tony's got one more goal than him. Facts. In less games. So, you know, there you go. What are you going to do with that? Or maybe we're not talking about Ivan Tony enough. I mean, he is a bit damaged goods with this whole betting thing over him, but can't can't take away from him excellent excellent player the thing is if you look at if you look at the league he gets into almost every single team bar probably City oh he'd be a good backup for Haaland though you can see him at City as well I mean I'm a starting striker I mean he'd get into I think every single other team apart from Tottenham and City maybe Liverpool but he'd probably get into Liverpool as well well you think Tony over Gabby Jesus Mm, I think so he's got more goals a lot more threats Gabby Jesus has been out since November I mean he's been doing fine without Jesus so he's obviously not that important true but I mean think how good it will be once he's back that's what you've got to tell yourself yeah true well look okay we'll agree to disagree anyway, but it's no, not it's not clear yeah, I mean Tony is an elite player and it's just so, it's one more frustrating that he's that he's decided to just put hundreds like, and hundreds of bets out across his career because yeah you, know, you put Ivan Tony in Chelsea they're fourth it's a crucial summer for him it could have been a crucial summer for him in terms of you know what does he do I think a lot of people would have been sniffing around him especially as he's kept up his form all season I think Brentford deserved to win the game I think Fulham the scoreline flatters them their first goal mm-hmm. Solomon came from a rebound from a, a very nice free kick to be fair from Andres Pereira I'm not going to take away from them but they're too dangerous quite in isolation they played some nice stuff but on the whole Brentford were good for the win um, just very very good at home aren't they Brentford they're very they very reliable to just turn teams over and score quite a lot of goals at home they're just really really solid so they are on and the longest unbeaten streak in the league so far with 11 at this current time sorry not so far that's bullshit though because as we know Lee Mason robbed us at the end of the <laughs> we should have lost that game so you know it's funny stats misleading mate misleading I hope you're happy Lee I hope you're happy <laughs> sad little life mate anyway poor Lee you tried to get out of the spotlight but you just keep bringing him back you know, in I'm going to try and make it my mission to mention Lee Mason at least once in every pod until the end of the season well, 
I like that. Um, because we need that, something to take over from me talking about Sean Dyche every pod. So I rate that. Yeah, well, you've got us mentioning, so you can get your little bonus. Are Fulham running out of steam? Maybe. Maybe. Probably not. No. I mean... They are they are starting to... I mean, it's just Solomon who scores every game now. They are starting to get a bit... I find it a bit hard. I know what you mean. Mitrovic hasn't really scored too many. Andres Pereira's called off. Obviously, William Clark keeps scoring bangers, but... It's a bit unfair, isn't it, just to say like if you if you lose in the Premier League one game, then we're like, well, you're running out of steam. I don't think it quite works like that, to be honest. Like they just came up against no, the best they team are, in this game. They are seventh, deservedly, but I feel like Brighton's going to overtake them very quickly. Three games in hand, one point difference. You know what? Mm. Their aim was to survive, and they've absolutely nailed it. Everything above that is a bonus. They're on course to get over fifty points, which is sort of Europe Conference League, I reckon, and. Honestly, Fulham fans would love to see that. A little run into the far reaches of Europe. Do you know how fun that would be as a Fulham fan? To go from Championship to like going to Azerbaijan. Just like just on this voyage of mystery. They could win it as well. Let's see. Let's see. Now, next game. Nottingham Forest 2. Everton 2. Hard one, this one. It's a point that really doesn't serve either team you'd, you'd say mm. the Nottingham Forest definitely come away as the happier team on this one and certainly happier because Brennan Johnson's on fire who Forest fans have been saying for a while now and I think the rest of the neutrals are kind of looking in now like yeah maybe this guy's a little prospect you know Forest fans have been saying it since since the summer I've been seeing well, yeah. from Forest fans for him he's their best prospect for, for ages realistically um linked with moves away in the summer but decided to stay and sign a new contract admittedly he didn't actually score a goal for quite a while and I actually remember the moment he became a good player and it was where he had that really scuffed finish and I can't remember who it was against but it was just it was one of those where he just got lucky and it went in then he scored an absolute bagging volley in the same game and after that you feel like the pressure's gone he's been scoring I think he's got like five goals since then in like five games so you can just see the impact of like the mental side of football but nothing's changed it's just that he's got that goal and he's now a bit more comfortable in this arena and he's really like expressing himself and yeah just a really good prospect a really good prospect really exciting Forest are an exciting team you feel but I wonder if that's just because they've bought 30 players I mean it's hard not to be excited isn't it because it's a completely new outfit but yeah but they're not really rotating anymore is the thing I think I feel like their scattergun approach was just to get some quality and then get just accept the losses yeah. on the rest like, I mean, of the strikers they bought, Awanese hasn't really played, has he? Emmanuel Dennis has literally, literally hasn't Not played. played. Lingard Not, is yeah. a flop as a free transfer, which is always impressive. So there's plenty of bodies just, just yeah, just knocking around. But it's all about survival. Get rid of them. You know what? If they survive, I'll give them the very, very, very uh, top title of most ballsy strap for their owner because it was ballsy as anything. And you know what was ballsy as well is that Everton didn't buy a striker. We touched on it, but do you think they're going to have enough goals come the end of the season? Do you think... I think they could have found someone with that 40 mil from Anthony Gordon. I think it's very brave. And there wasn't a lot of kind of communication from Sean Dyche or anyone as to why they didn't. I'd be fuming if I was Sean Dyche. He was literally hired about three days before the transfer window shut. Give him two weeks and he would have brought someone in. And you know exactly who he would have brought in. Yeah, Ashley Barnes. Ashley fucking Barnes, yeah. Well, didn't Chris Wood go for Newcastle? Chris Forest? Wood on loan. Yeah, yes. what's going on? It's so obvious. So, 
I don't know what's it's happened. It's annoyingly there. obvious. I don't know if Everton are so in the red and they just needed. To, I mean, it, it seems to me that they must have been so in the red they just needed to get rid of Anthony Gordon because he was their most sellable asset. That's the only thing I can think of. And they, they yeah, because remember when Rafa was there, they didn't have any money because so, obviously they've mismanaged it from for years, and they brought in Damari Gray for like two mil, and that was pretty much all they could do. So I just. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I was, I was still worried about Everton, but you could feel you could say it was probably two points lost for Everton. Really, as well. Yes and no. I think Forest at home have been maybe the best team in 2023. They got the best home record. Like they're really good at home, and so coming away and getting a point at Forest is actually quite decent. Um, but yeah, they will be fuming that they didn't grind out the two-one victory because what does Sean Dyche do, mate? He grinds out results with one goal margins generally so I'm sure they won't make that mistake again uh, moving forward I think Everton will survive because because they've got the GOAT there but it's not yeah. going to be pretty it's going to be hard let's see but oh, just honestly I keep making a mistake of trying to make predictions but you know what let's just let it play out at the end of the day it's a good result for Everton because they didn't lose they've struggled away from home 2-2 Demai Gray the whole, the whole relegation yeah. zone is just a mess isn't it like it Bournemouth is. on 21 points all the way up to Palace on 27 in 12th no one's safe anymore no one's safe that's only 6 no points one win <laughs> Bournemouth win they'll go all the way up to potentially 16th just like that it's just it's even within games it's just switching so much it's crazy we've so, said it many times but there, there's always two just right off teams at the bottom there's just two teams that have no chance from the start they didn't they they usually on like nine points when they're when out of the relegation zone yeah. like at this point. But no, everyone's on twenty one at the bottom. That's the least amount. And everyone of who looks crazy. dead and buried will just recover and just go on a few like Southampton. Yeah. Anyway, let's not get ahead yeah, of ourselves. One team who does look rubbish, actually two teams that look rubbish. Chelsea one, Leeds United nil. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't very pretty. It wasn't very good. Being Leeds at home is pretty well to be expected. Although I've just realised that Liverpool lost at home to Leeds which was Leeds only away victory of the season so that's fine <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway Graham Potter gets a win and big three points pressure is off for a few days until Dortmund I think we all know how that's going to play out but anyway I put it out there um, yeah Leeds Leeds are just so meh they're so meh aren't they just so average so anonymous they didn't play that well didn't really deserve anything if they go down Will anyone care? They're just the budget version of Leeds from last season now. They're not the real Leeds anymore. It's not like we're losing a character, you know, like Bielsa's Leeds. That would have been sad. Now it's just generic generic filler team. Generic filler team one, you know. I feel like Leeds, having Gracia is definitely a temp appointment, you know. There's still hope. If they can make it till summer, still in the league, they have a chance to reinvent themselves again. But it's a big job for Victor Orte, their director of football make sure that the next manager is absolutely correct because got it horribly wrong with Jesse Marsh horribly wrong well I think they I think they assumed that they would get bought by Red Bull or they'd get Red Bull to invest in them if they got Jesse Marsh and they kept buying <laughs> Red Bull players didn't quite work out but it was all there OBL it was all there man it was all there so I guess back to the drawing board but yeah oh, they're just so meh but yeah Chelsea must have thought it was going to be another one of those days when um, Yao Felix as we've all been told it's not Felix it's Felix Joao Felix sorry Joao 
it's Joel. It's Joel. He's, it? he's educated everyone. Joel Felix. So God. we like to be correct on this podcast. Hence why he always says Bruno Fernandes. True, true. But I, I did learn that from FIFA, to be fair. So you can blame. Yeah. You can blame but yeah, hit, Felix hit the crossbar and you felt like after Chilwell's shot, which just was just awful, you felt like it was going to be another one of those days. But one of their big money signings came back and made a big impact and that was Wesley Fofana. Um, had one good chance from a corner, scored from the second one. Took Generally him. looks just a very good player. And I'm going to play the devil's advocate and say it's a good win for Chelsea because Thiago Silva wasn't at the back. Fofana's had a pretty stop start kind of season for Chelsea so it's good to see him score. Clean sheet and a win at Stamford Bridge. I mean, as far as it goes, it's a good day out, isn't it, for Chelsea? It's just, it needs to happen. Yeah, it's just such a low bar, isn't it? What you're saying is such a low bar. It is, but, but you know, when it hasn't happened for so long, you've got to take the small wins, haven't you? 100%. You've got to, you've got to a very, a big three points um, for Chelsea. And yeah, we'll see, we'll see if this is just delaying the inevitable or this is the start of some sort of recovery. Because Graham Potter does tend to take a bit of time to get going. Um, we will see. I'm still not sure if he's going to make it, but I do yeah, like him. So. Jory's still out for me on Potter just because I don't think any manager has ever been in the situation where you've come in to replace the manager, new owners, and then they've spent 600 mil on top of that. It's no. just it's an insane kind of situation to try and manage. Um, I think the only manager who could handle a situation like this is Pete Jose you know yeah, just unfazed Pete, yeah yeah Pete, Pete Jose it was just like power of his character maybe would have seen it through but yeah even then it's, it's, it's a poison chalice his Chelsea job at the moment but he's a nice guy Potter and that's why I worry that's why I worry yeah honest. he's a good dude same so he's probably going to get shafted by Chelsea at some point and he needs to pick Agreed. it up and as you say Dortmund is a huge game in terms of how the fans will the fans the fans will view him going forward yeah it's a big one um, Todd Bowley was in attendance in this game looking very cosy in his Chelsea brand beanie his Chelsea brand scarf he loves it and they? I'll be honest I just thought that was a really funny image because I was thinking what other owner would sit there in Chelsea brand like content can you imagine Daniel Levy in a little Spurs beanie and a little Spurs scarf just sitting there cosy it just, it just made me does, laugh he gives us he that just, he's, of trying to be a cool dad doesn't He's he's like he's like Steve Carell in the office, you know. He's trying to be like the cool boss. Yeah. He's a bit he's a bit goofy. He's a bit goofy, but he's still got a smile on his face. It's more than you can say for Roman. Roman literally would have been through two managers by now. He would not have had oh, patience for this shit. So. For sure, for sure. <laughs> interesting. Really on manager number three by now. Obviously, Chelsea fans at this point, the general feeling is they're not happy. It'd be interesting to see how we view this ownership come the end of this season. And also how they view the season. Because up until now, all we hear is they've just got support. They support. It'll be interesting to know what the bar is for them. In terms mm-hmm. of. Yeah, so there's still a lot for Chelsea, but again, you know, we keep saying it. Sorry, guys, but time. It's just time. Time. Liverpool, why did you have to win 7 0? We spent so much fucking time on that. Oh, my goodness. Right. Wolverhampton Wanderers won. Tottenham 0. Tottenham in the mud. Tottenham in the mud. <laughs> in the mud. Yet again, in the assistant the manager winning run is over. That's it. That's the end. That that little thing. (laughs) Yeah. The good news is that Conte is back and he'll be back to pick everyone up and bring some good vibes. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Literally. Literally. I mean, Spurs fans, Conte's gone. End of the season, the Conte dream is dead. He's not sticking around. And 
No. It's not it was He's... not a match made in heaven, these two teams. They wanna play expansive football. Conte doesn't. So how are you going to marry that? I do love the fact that he's tried to pull as many sickies as possible because he literally cannot be asked to even turn up. I know right. that's a lie. I know yeah. that's true. But that's just how it feels. Do you it know what I mean? It feels. Just dossing around. It's just like, I'm just going to go back to Italy, mate. I'm just going to go see the family. Like, you know that he's just called Daniel Levy in the morning and just gone, oh, boss, I'm just not feeling very well today, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean... It's pretty impressive that a football team has managed to just make Conte of all people give up. It's crazy, you know. The most spurious thing in the world, the most elite manager they've ever had, and they've just sucked season, all of the competitiveness out of him. Like, yeah, I, I can't do this. <laughs> I can't do this. He, <laughs> he's, he's just not asked, is he? Like whenever you see them concede a goal, it just pans to him, and he's just there, like, oh well. Yeah, one step closer just, to the end. Do you know what I mean? With Chelsea that season, he just had it figured out. I, I still remember it because it was so impressive. He we were hammering Chelsea 3-0 half-time looking rubbish for Conte oh I remember it and yeah. he changed like the English game for two seasons and introduced the back three which is still going today the back, and the back three hadn't been seen in my lifetime in the Premier League I don't think ever That's, Victor Moses dominated. was the single greatest player that season yeah Victor in terms Moses, of glow up literally the most outrageous Premier League winner no one ever saw that coming just dominating on the right wing and yeah, he's just. I, I don't know if he can pull a trick out for this Tottenham team. He just hasn't got the personnel, and it it seems that he just doesn't have the backing. Even though he, he I feel like he has had the backing because they spent 150 million, so which is what they don't do. He's. But. I think he's just realised he could, he just can't win with Tottenham because Tottenham are just so Tottenham. I mean, they hit the post twice in this game, and they would have won this nine times out of ten. But of course, that one time was the the Tottenham time. So yeah, it's just standard, right? They're still fourth though Despite all this That we're saying They're still fourth They are slipping though Isn't it Like they haven't Kicked on really For a month Same as It's still in their hands though It's still in their hands Still in their hands Still in their hands But Liverpool win their game in hand They they leapfrog them On goal difference So It's it's fast becoming Out of their hands You know what I mean But yeah Let's move on to Wolves A very big point uh, Three points for Wolves It moves them level With Crystal Palace Wolves up to 13th Can you believe it Obviously it's the most Wolves win ever 1-0 Adamatraore just feels so right doesn't it love that um, love but that. I think as we expected um, the Pettigree just doing a really good job quietly discreetly just turning it around turning those 2-0 losses into 1-0 wins Adamatraore the winner I've got admiration admiration for Wolves because they fired who, who did they have what was his name Bruno Large Lage. yeah fired, got binned him right and then they were like right we want Julian literally bent over backwards to get the pedigree which was a coup for them because the pedigree arguably has got higher pedigree than Wolves were at that time of appointing him and they just spent loads of money and they were like 19th they were like yep yeah, we're just going to back him and this is what you get when you really back your manager I, I feel yep um, Hammers mate this could have been you this could have been you Hammers that's all I'm saying I know a bit of initiative and this might have been where you were but it does feel like the pedigree is really involved in the recruitment I quietly feel like they will have a strong season next season if he stays I'm sure he'll stay but he's just a good manager for oh. a team that I can't, it's just, oh, they're a weird team Wolves they're a weird team they've got some really excellent players like some yeah. genuinely world class players do you know what I mean they've got some littered around. really loyal players like Ruben Neves he's yeah, definitely he's brilliant. Level. He's he, brilliant he would walk into all the Champions League teams midfield or at least the squads yeah they've got, they're a Europa League outfit really and they've been there so just no goals just no goals but watch till summer you know if they get a really decent striker in don't know who because there's not many 
But if they can find one that can score, then I'm going to put Wolves in top 10 next year. Big shout, hot yeah. take. I, I agree with it. Um, let's talk about Damatre Ray because he also scored a wicked volley. Um, just a very weird goal that he would struggle to replicate again. He's out of contract in the summer now, age 27. Mm-hmm. Apparently he was offered a contract last summer for over 100k, be Wolves' top, top earner, and he rejected it. And he's at a crossroads now. Where does he go? He's very much a Theo Walcott or Jesse Lingard. Always potential, but never quite making well, it. At 27, it it's the myth. Players play well when they know their contracts are running out. So don't be surprised if Adama goes on that hot streak and everyone goes on about the baby oil in his arms. And we're in that, you know, <laughs> everyone was in love with him for like three months, weren't they? Everyone thought, oh, Adama Traore. Facts. So let's just see. But he's a great player in the league and, and he's on his day. He's an absolute monster, isn't he? So... Yeah, but his day is like two days out of three. I just yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking but good what, two days. What a day they are. Those two days, mate. Goodness me, unbelievable. So so uh, uh, yeah, it's funny and how fortunate uh, at the bottom. He's and just got speaking, that thing about him. Oh, I was about to segue away, but you want to carry on? No. Yeah. Well, speaking of two him. teams that are struggling, Southampton won, Leicester City nil. Now, this is a big win for Southampton make no mistake six pointers six pointer, and suddenly Leicester are right back in the mix Leicester fans are deeply unhappy not a single shot on goal in this game tough 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 and I don't know is this a lifeline for Southampton I just don't know anymore you know like I, I just don't know who's good and who's bad at the bottom me neither but I think they've given themselves a real chance by getting rid of Nathan Jones I mean this Ruben Sellers guy two wins in three games Nathan Jones, one win in ten, maybe eleven. I lost count. They were just so rubbish. So, you know, sometimes you know you're fucked up and it's better to correct your mistake than just double down. And that's what they did. They were like, you know what? Well fuck this. Nathan Jones is not that guy. So we'll just get rid. And that's six points they would have not had otherwise. They would have been dead and buried had they not made that change. Their only mistake is not appointing sellers sooner. And it's a no brainer thing. He's got points to prove. He's on till the end of the season, so it's like it's like he's playing for his contract the way that Adamatora is paying for his contract. You know, he's they, got a point to prove, yeah. and he will give everything to get this job full time. They clung on to Ralph for too long. That was their mistake, Southampton. They let it stagnate for yeah. too long, and you know they're paying for it. But these two wins, his first, who did he win this first game? Can't lose bloody Chelsea, wasn't it? Beating mm-hmm. Chelsea, admittedly they lost last week, but to win this week, they look so much more solid. You know, they're they're not losing by big margins when they do lose, and they're not conceding when they win. Obviously, it's uh, it, it's good. It's good signs. You know, you, for me, if I was if I was a supporting a team in the relegation, I would want them to have stodgy one 0 wins where they just shut out low block and take your chances. I don't Definitely. want expansive football at the bottom because that's how you end up conceding four and taking the battering. So yeah, I think not, he's not got his tactics more. spot on. I think this mm-hmm. is tactics closer to what Ralph wanted. Or used to do so at least they're more familiar but it's, it's clever isn't it it's a little stopgap and then if you make it to the summer then you can kind of expand your ideas uh, on the Leicester side of things I did want to touch on James Madison having a little bite at the Leicester correspondent at the Athletic Bios uh, Mr Rob Tanner wrote an article just kind of talking about Leicester's mounting injuries loss of form kind of you know just talking about these are the hallmarks of a relegated side Madison's had a little bite on Twitter I'll read you his response Rubbish. Watch and analyse the game properly. Stop writing headlines like that, which you which you know makes fans pile on with negativity. 
Play like that and we'll be absolutely fine. Created numerous brilliant chances and went comfortably on another day. Now, I thought this was interesting because obviously they didn't have a shot on goal. So it's like... What, you know, what it's, a catch, though. What an absolute nibble yeah, that is. Uh, proper nibble. Proper reeled him in, Rob. Well done, Rob. <laughs> 10 out of 10 baiting. But is that a sign that maybe the pressure's getting to the Leicester players? You know, like, they have been I think out so. of relegation fights for a little while now, really, since they won the title. So... It's new ground for them. Very much, very much in that mould that I was talking about, sleepwalking back into the relegation battle without really realising it. They're far too good. They've got so many good players. What I will say, James Madison's defence, is that Ian Acho did contrive to have one of the worst games I've ever seen of a striker. What did Six I say? big chances missed. And it's very unfortunate that I was saying he's uh, underrated one of the best and you weren't agree with me. Curse well, I did say, uh, it's just, he might have that amazing game, but he'll have some stinkers too. And you don't really think he, I mean, he had the kind of game that Werner or Nunes would have, I don't know, replayed on social media for the next three weeks. One of them. Obviously, that won't happen, but yeah, goddamn. Mm. It was terrible. So, I take the point because on another day, it probably would have been 2 1, 3 1. Agreed there. Agreed there. Well, let's see. Like I said, I keep saying it, but I'm not making predictions on the relegation. I'm just going to let it play out. And the best team will stay up. Amen. And James Ward Parrells, no more pens for you, my man. Two missed pens this season. It's probably yeah. missed. Less free kicks. Stick Get him free off. Kicks, lad. Yeah. Yeah, no. Let someone else take Know your role. That's so funny that he's not good at pens though. <laughs> it's because like... he does the same technique, uh... I think, which means he probably he probably canvasses it really early, like in his run up where it's yeah, gonna maybe. go. It's just he is it's the most James Ward Prowls thing just to be Specialist, but not actually good at penalties, which is far easier. So there you go. Make it that one. Yeah. Well, final game, guys. You made it. Anyone who made it, give yourself a cookie. Aston Villa one, Crystal Palace nil. Dead game. Don't expect to be here for more than two minutes. Just hang on, guys. Just hang on. Yeah. Um. This, okay. Palace? Struggling. Palace struggling big time, mate. They've gone under the radar, and look, we said that they were fine. So. Are they fine? I don't know. They're probably fine. <laughs> we are literally but, the commentators, guys. But, yeah, we said they're fine, but now they're level on points with... Uh, who are they level on points with? Wolves. Bloody Wolves. So Game in hand, but they haven't won a game in ages. Like, they've ages. got no firepower. All they've got, right, they've got four players who all just want to play FIFA Street and dribble and do, like, cross Let me name them. Let me name them. See if I can name them. We've got Zaha, Elise. Don't tell me. There's one more, isn't there? What's his name? The tricky winger. Fuck, what's his name? It's not Elise. Elise comes on for him. What's his name? Eze! Yes. Is it Mateta? I'm going to put Mateta. Mateta. Let's chuck him in, yeah. They're just, they're just all the same. I mean, look, Zaha's obviously excellent, but, God, they're all like the same player. And we were all saying how fun it was, but it's no fun when none of them actually score any goals, and that's basically what's happened now. They just all want to run. They just all want to dribble. And it's not it's not looking very good. They need a focal um, point. You think Edson Oddward would have been that guy, but he's not that guy, is he? We've, we've, we've touched on this before. He's just not very he's good. He's not that guy. He's a fraud. Um, but yeah, Villa, mate, didn't have to try that hard. <laughs> Got an own goal and then just, just chilled out, really. Like, yeah, Palace, out, goal down, man down. Like, there's no way. There's no way that Palace were going to come back. So, just a really nice stroll for Unai. And... Aston Villa still level with Chelsea on points and considering that they were in the relegation zone when he took over or basically next to it late charge for the Conference League Europa League mate they're only four points off Brighton why not Aston Villa are only four points off Brighton why not 
I mean, they are two the games hell? ahead. They've played two games more, so let's caveat that. But no. they've done. I'd rather have points. I'm not taking it away from from Emery. You think where Villa were at the beginning of the season under Gerrard? You know, this yeah. is where we thought th- Villa could be with that squad. That's the thing. I think yeah, he's done an amazing job. I think he's taken maybe like the fourth most points since he's taken over, something like that. So yeah, he's doing an amazing job. Probably could have been a, a bigger win for Villa, really. But yeah. Wins a win, doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. It's we, a hard game to go. It's a hard game against Palace. They make it difficult, don't they? So you take the goal and then you can see it out, no problem. To end it on, bit of a weird one. We spoke about Gerald. Mm. You see he's been linked to PSG. Yeah, that What do that we think? Smells Where does that come like, from? That smells like bullshit to me. Oh, I'd love to see it. Love to see it. Neymar Mbappe playing <laughs> Gerard Ball. <laughs> I love that shit. I love that so much. Oh, please. Gerard just fuming on the touchline, just trying to haul off Neymar after 30 minutes. There's a football god. Please, please let him end up at PSG. What a revival for his career that might be. Just insane links. But I feel like there's got to be an element of truth because the reports actually come from France. I think it's a little quip that I've actually. I don't know if they've. So it's weird, isn't it? I don't know if they've got confused or something because that makes no sense. No. Might as well be like Chris Wilder. Makes no sense. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. Stephen Gerrard of all people. I mean, Scouse accent trying to speak French. Oh, it'd be glorious. I'd love to see it. It'd be amazing. Watch this space. If it happens, I don't know, we're going to do something special. We're going to start following PSG and Liga just so we can see how Gerrard does over there. Yeah, Gerrard watch. We'll just keep it going for the four games that he's in charge until he's booted out. And then one final thing before we wrap, I want to bring it back. The Mings Award. Who are we giving Mingsy this week? Who's been the most noticeable player this week? I think I've got a contender, but I'd love to know who you're going to put. Bruno Fernandes. Bruno Fernandes. There was only <laughs> one person fit for the award. So well done, Bruno. You win the Tyrone Mings Award this week. You were so That's noticeable okay. for all the wrong reasons. And this is what we love on this pod. It's a shite performance that everyone's <laughs> So well done, Bruno. Congratulations. Hope you're at home. Got the blanket on. Wiping away the tears. We'll it's another accolade, my man. It's a, exactly. Look, it's a, it's a very prestigious club. It's just you and Tyrone currently. It's <laughs> you and Tyrone at the moment. Yeah, Be happy. Yeah. Add Darwin Nunes. It's a great company. It's, it's not quite company. Ballon d'Or, but, you know, give it a couple of years and, you know, your name will be actually in the forever, Bruno. So you keep whinging some. Um, so that is everything from us as always follow the socials and all that jazz Uh, we are actually going to do some YouTube stuff soon very very soon potentially next week potentially yeah we just need to set up you know we're still figuring Mm. out logistics and the rest of it so guys just wait and see thank you again for listening I will see you well I won't see you but we will see you next week Week, we'll work it out. We'll we're very, very free form. We kind of we've kind of binned off the Champions League, so if you like Champions League, just, just fuck off elsewhere. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see you next week. Forget <laughs> <Yeah>. about it. <laughs>